Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He had ordered a TV, not necessarily this TV. This was one that someone else had their hands on. Those are the shenanigans that happened on Black yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Hiding That's why people are packing when they go to Black Friday. <laughs> no, you really are. You, know, you, no, you get like frightening. That. You just... That's why I don't want to have anything to do with it. So you, right. you didn't get any shoes? No shoes. The uh, bass outlet is closed. It's closed. It's closed. And oh. maybe maybe next week we can get to the story of your free entree from Rehoboth Beach Country Club. You One made such fun. Well, I don't know if it's free. I'm waiting <laughs> don't for know. the deal. I don't know if it's fired. <laughs> I don't know if it's free. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All right, let's go right to that. Um, let's go right to that. I'm a little fuzzy on the details, Michael, so you can help out. I, I have no memory except for songs from the 1960s. But I recall that we were all sort of together um, in Delaware. Was Elizabeth there by now? Or she was, was not there. This was, was Wednesday the night. She, night. She was expected the next, yeah, the, later that night. And you had dinner with the kids. You knew what you were having for dinner. You had bought dinner for the So we boys. teed it up early that we were going to separate our family from yours just right. to try and keep the boys on a rhythm. And you don't want to eat dinner at 6.05, so we right. ordered pizza from, uh, what was it, Casa? Oh, DeLeo. Very Casa good. De Leo, very yeah, good. Yeah, Casa DeLeo is good. So we got pizza. all the toppings that we knew you would not touch. I didn't. I took one bite of one thing and went, no, there's onions on Onions and, and mushrooms. No, I, you know, I like mushrooms, not onions. All right. So I then had nothing for dinner. Um, I had nothing that I could grill. I didn't, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't really want to grill. So I thought I would work down my minimum at, uh, at Rehoboth Beach, mm-hmm. and I would order takeout. I would order takeout. So I ordered takeout, and I ordered, they, it was uh, prime rib special night. Um, so I guess prime rib was probably about 25 or $30. And I ordered two prime ribs. One for Carol and one for me. And before I went to go pick them up, I noticed, I just noticed uh, somewhere on the countertop something from 2016. Am I right on that, 2016? You are correct with the year. And it was a little card, which is in effect a coupon. It was a card from Rehoboth Beach saying, use this to get two free entrees. Now, I don't know what I did. To get, you know, I don't know if I recommended somebody to the club. I don't know if I won a contest. I mean, I don't, I don't know how I got this because it was at least, if it's 2016, I probably got it in 2015 or early 2000. I don't know when. Right. And it said two free entrees. Well, you went crazy. I believe it was one free entree, and it was a, a one free. It, it, the the date was handwritten. I think this was issued that summer in 2016, and I think okay. this was for finishing somewhere in a tournament, or, or you're maybe you're right with the recommendation. Uh-huh. But it was one free entree, and it sort of had that look of a of a printed from home. It had the beautiful backdrop of the club and the bay, in and the it was background. signed by someone who, oh, I'm sure, is no longer. Employed. It was signed by some GM, He's, and who that was GM's two to not three there. GMs ago, three GMs ago. <laughs> so you, you, you were condemnatory, if there is such a word. Both you and Liz looked at me like, "What are you doing?" So what I immediately you- went to the extreme, assuming that I don't know there'd be if there was an issue date, there'd be an expiration date, and you and said that expired, expired, <laughs> and that a man in your position should not be rolling into his country, his second country club, the day before a day of giving thanks, demanding recompense for a free entree from seven years ago, which also just um, destroys the purpose of of getting the food. Which is to work down the minimum. Right. It's actually counterproductive (laughs) to everything that I'm doing, but But it's it's sitting there. It's sitting there. It's sitting there. prime rib night. That's a big ticket. And you laughed at me. I just laughed at you. You almost tried to disown me for it. You made me feel bad. So the example I tried to give you is, let's say you're part of that. I don't, let's say you're part of the house committee and some, you know, new management position comes up to you and go, excuse uh, excuse me, we uh, we got this coupon last night from a member, came in, masked up. I didn't hear everything he was saying, but he was demanding a free entree, and he was throwing down a coupon. That's what you said it would seem like. Now, what I did was, I went to pick up my food, and there are two people who are always at the gate when you go to get your food, and they are the people who seat you. They are the maitre d's. Um, One is JR, and one is Rose, and they've been there for a thousand years, and they know you even with a mask on. You know, they know your gait. They know who you are. They know your voice. And Rose was there at that moment. And I said to Rose, look, I, I don't know if this is going to work or not. It's no big deal if it doesn't. 
but I found it in the house and I thought I would bring it in. And she said to me, well, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I said, good. And I walked out. I made no demands. I didn't Bigfoot anybody. I didn't say, have you seen me on television? I didn't do that. Didn't ask to see a manager? I, no, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say, could you bring C over the GM? I didn't do that. I was as, as nice and as low key as I could be. And, you know, and I don't know. I will find out when the bill comes. I'll find out if there's a big charge. Then I, I, but I, I thought it was for two, Andre, just for one. You, you, would you not go to all that trouble just for one steak? Maybe one, Carol can pay for her own. No. One on a free side, maybe? No, there were no free sides. No. Mm. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Did include so. a house of glass red? So, <laughs> no. Didn't. Can you put this in a to-go cup for me? <laughs> yeah, no, just, it didn't. It's it didn't. a red cup. There you so, go. you know, that is, that is that story. My son felt that I was behaving in a very untoward, entitled manner. <laughs> Right, that but then I went back. There's no expiration date. There's no expiration date. date. So in some ways, you should use it to just say it's yeah, not get it good out of my business. House. Yeah, there's no valid <laughs> to just yeah, to have yeah. this evergreen coupon. It was no you should learn from this. Right. I need to read this email. This may be the best email we've ever had. <laughs> it is. I'll just read it to you. I'm down in PGA National, and the misses, and in parenthesis, PG means her name is probably Paula or Phyllis <laughs> or something with a P. Petunia, whatever. And the missus is going north from December 8th to the 19th. I have plenty of room if you and Michael want to come down and play for a few days. Shabbat Shalom. Regards, DG. It's the greatest. It's a tremendous email. It is not a tremendous email. Just perfectly paced, the right tone, but everything about this, because we're now trying to convince you to fly to Florida at yeah. some point around that, you know, that late December timetable. So, like, yeah. getting you to Palm Beach... We now have a place to stay. Sure, you got a landing spot, yeah. Just tremendous. Just tremendous. Go okay, to the Publix. So wanted, uh, let me reach out. Ronnie Newmeyer listens all the time, right? Ronnie Newmeyer listens. Yes. Uh, could you just get me a tape of the band? Something I could see. A tape of the band. Don't ask me to go to a website or an HTTP colon double slash backwards. Just get me something. I want to just see the band. Show me stuff. All right? Do me a favor. There's a story in the paper yesterday that I wanted to talk about in the post. It's written by somebody I've never heard of named Steven Zajic. Don't know who he is. It's, uh, it, he's obviously Washington Post staff. And he writes, in late November, the developer wait list for GPT-3 was removed, enabling a new suite of cross-platform applications and monetizations. That's his first paragraph. You know, that a lot of people go, what are you talking about? You know, because this is in the business section of the Post on Sunday. You have no business reading that <clears throat> he section. Then, he then writes, if that sounds like a sentence a piece of software would write, you don't know half of it. OpenAI, a Microsoft-backed artificial intelligence research firm, just said it would make its language supercomputer, GPT-3, open to any eligible developer. That's a big deal. Six years ago, we had primitive language generators that could write basic earnings reports. A few years later, we had a program called GPT-2 that was at least 10 times more powerful, able to process 1.5 billion parameters, the variables that determine machine learning capabilities. Now there's GPT-3, which can process 175 billion. That means many emails or essays could soon potentially be push-button affairs. Basically, GPT-3 conjures a universe in which society's overall quality of writing shoots up. I bring this up because we have, what is the, the group that, we, that sponsors us? They help with your writing. Grammarly? Oh, yes. Yeah, they help with That's your writing. That's passion, yeah. They help with your writing. A universe where those emails from that fragment-happy coworker look a lot better. But the question of who is actually doing the writing becomes a little bit more muddled. In, it could, in short, usher in a world where no one knows how good a communicator any really is. Anybody really is. And then he went. Simpsons did it. He did. He took what I consider to be the most famous magazine article ever written. Because I've read it and I love it. It's Gay Talese writing in Esquire magazine about Frank Sinatra that begins, Frank Sinatra has a cold. I fed the first few sentences of the piece into Pseudo Wright's engine. Frank Sinatra, 
holding a glass of bourbon in one hand and a cigarette in the other, stood in a dark corner of the bar between two attractive but fading blondes who sat waiting for him to say something. But he said nothing. He'd been silent during much of the evening, except now in this private club in Beverly Hills. He seemed even more distant, staring out through the smoke and semi-darkness into a large room beyond the bar where dozens of young couples sat huddled around small tables or twisted in the center of the floor to the clamorous clang of folk rock music blaring from the stereo. This is gay to lease, kids. This is the kingdom of the power of the, the story of the New York Times. This is Gaetano Talese. I didn't even know Gay was still alive. He is an idol of mine. I have many writing idols. He is one of my writing idols. Said, I asked Sue to write to go down a wormhole, that is, come up with the next sentences based on what's already written. It's a game somewhat rigged against the AI, since while it has access to the entire body of human language and writing, it doesn't have any of the specific knowledge Talese had in his head about Sinatra, and it gave me this. The two blondes knew, as did Sinatra's four male friends who stood nearby, that it was a bad idea to force conversation upon him when he was in this mood of sullen silence, a mood that had hardly been uncommon during the first week of November, a month before his 50th birthday. That's by a computer. And all that was fed to that computer is Gay Talese's story. That's by a computer. I take that now and run. I take it. I drop a five on the table. I'm done. Go. That's so good. Here's the killer, which is not, which if not Talese level was still pretty good. Here's what Talese had. He appeared to be in his element with two stunned looking but beautiful blondes. They sat in an awkward silence, the women with their glasses of scotch in their hands, Sinatra with his glass of bourbon, all three of them looking somewhat uncomfortable in the dim light. Sinatra seemed more of an observer than a talker, and the two blondes were more of an audience waiting for him to do something, anything rather than converse. And the writer says, you can see there's a difference, but not a huge one. Gay Talese is a genius. He's Gay Talese and Tom Wolfe are the two greatest writers I've ever read of, you know, nonfiction interview stuff. This is what they did. This is magazine stuff. Okay. He calls Talese. That's the greatest part of all. He says, I decided to call Talese to ask what he thought. As the phone rang, I was anxious. I didn't want to be the guy to tell Gay Talese a computer just wrote sentences that could possibly stand in for his. Why wasn't there an AI for this task? He answered, and I explained the experiment. Read them to me, he said. I read him the AI-generated sentences. They're both good, he said, after a nerve-wracking pause. It's a correct interpretation. He said he had no problem using tech for writing, just not for reporting. Can't do that with Zoom or whatever. The technology is you have to be there. Okay. Now, what is my problem with this? I, I don't really have a problem with this, except this. You had Gay Talese on the phone. That's all you use it? That's all you got? You had Gay Talese on the phone, and you switch off to an, another author, Katie Walsh, a critic, and, and you do the same thing with her. I, I, I'm just, I am so taken by the fact that computers can actually do this. In other words, growing up now, I have no path to the only job I ever wanted. <laughs> right, I have not. Yeah. I have no path. If they can now, that okay, that's not as good as Gay Talese, but that's really good. That's so much better than people I am thinking of right now who write for a living and whose stuff is in front of my face on a twice weekly basis. So much better, done by a machine, a robot. Mm -hmm. These are scary times, kids. These are scary it's times. The best of times. It was the, the blurst of times. times. <laughs> blurst. Stupid monkey. We will take a break. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, when we return, am I correct on that? Yes. I did have one story. I thought you were going to go to this story. Can I tell it to you very quickly? Very quickly. I think you'll enjoy. This is in uh, Montgomery County, where apparently a house, a million-dollar house, very secluded, had a snake infestation problem. Oh, yeah, and they burned it down to the ground. Did you know what they did? They set these little... Control. Why, didn't they, why didn't they bring in a snake charmer? Well, well I think they, Monday morning quarterbacking it. Yeah, they, they, snake charmer. they set all these little pots. Did you hear about this, Michael? No. They put yeah. these little smoke pits up, like, all throughout the basement, like, controlled Burn fire. Burn their plants. house down. Then they left. And the whole why, thing we're going to leave for down. a while. 75 firefighters came to Burned burn it out. their house down. Ground, and you know By what? the way, when you go to the insurance people, you're not getting a dime. <laughs> They're like, you're a moron. But the snakes. You're an idiot. They found the skin of one snake. But the rest the went into hiding. And one live snake slithered out alive after the fire, after the fire was put out. There you go.
dopes. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the FrameBridge read. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving the house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. I like the fact that they've made it into a verb. That's new copy. Whoever's doing it is very smart. This holiday season, FrameBridge is the perfect way to give the gift they'll actually want to receive. Don't just give slippers again. Give them something special, something only you could give. This year, gift better, and gift becomes a verb, with FrameBridge. Just go to FrameBridge.com, upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite to get free, <coughs> excuse me, free recommendations from their talented designers. You went, yes. You took the forty. Uh, yes, I went the to the cap. Yeah, I went to the, which is very special to this show. Yeah, the physical location on Bethesda Row. Uh, yeah, lovely people there, very helpful. So yes, we will get the uh, Brook Forty uh, swimming so, cap mounted. Yes. Yeah, and I also was getting stuff for for other people for presents. So it's it's a fabulous thing. A handcrafted personalized gift from Framebridge starts at thirty nine dollars, and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code TONYK. You'd be crazy not to do this, honestly. It's, these are keepsakes forever. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge. It's two words, framebridge, you know, .com. Use the promo code TONYK to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code TONYK. And one more time for people who are not listening or stupid, Framebridge.com. Promo code Tony K. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song from the Crossroads Saints. This is called A Song of Your Own. Now, I've got to tell you, yesterday I was sitting at Uncle Benny's table when the show was being prepared by Sean. And he played this whole song. And I was stunned at how good this song it's was. Really good. The Crossroads Saints. It's sent us by Daryl Venable. The core of the Crossroads Saints is Daryl Venable on keyboards and vocals, Mike Slack, drums and percussion, and John Slack on bass. After a lengthy sabbatical in Nashville, Daryl went back to Indiana and the band regrouped in 2019. Followed by entering the studio in 2020 with the engineer producer Corey Miller and guest musicians Mark Lindsay, not that Mark Lindsay, Paul Holdman. Tim Wright, Jeff Conrad, Michael Strickland, Richard Dole, and Corey Miller. This is a song of your own by the Crossroads Saints. Stop listening to me. <laughs> Go to the end of the show. Listen to how good this is. And they play in Paul Feinbaum. And we want to talk to Feinbaum because the college yesterday made me laugh, I have to say. And, and um, I probably shouldn't even say this out loud. ESPN, of course, had a four-hour show scheduled from 12 to 4 to go over all of the controversies of who was going to be in the playoffs. And after 30 seconds, people realized, uh, we don't have any controversies. <laughs> These are the correct four teams in the correct order, right, Paul? Correct four in the correct order, wouldn't you think? That is correct. And, and Tony, I, I was on the show, I don't know, maybe two, three hours into it, and I felt Reese Davis snoring. I heard him snoring as he was asking <laughs> just, me the questions. It was brutal. <laughs> It was brutal. Look, I, I got to say this. The best thing ESPN does is college football. Their talent crew is better than any other sport, college football. And these guys had to fill four hours with, with right, Paul, with nothing because the yeah. committee got it right. Yeah, right? Tony, let me, let, me, let me add some programming to that. Uh, before the 12 o'clock show came on, there was a three-hour preview show uh, <laughs> on ESPN2. And uh, don't go anywhere. So, and and I, I took part in all this because I'm, I'm, I'm on the team. Uh, and then there was the four-hour show, which you're referring to. There was another three-hour show after that, beginning at four, which I <sighs> said the same thing I'd said on the previous two shows. And then there was SportsCenter. And then at 8.30, there was another three-hour show to tell you what you already had heard for the previous 12 hours. Now, now you might ask, why does ESPN do this? Because we own college football, and it's an enormous <laughs> rating getter for us. And every year up to this point, there had been controversy, and there's none. All the dominoes fell in the correct position, but I wanted to bring on Paul, because nobody knows more about the SEC than Paul Feinbaum. And Alabama was an underdog, and Georgia was the favorite, and Georgia had what was allegedly a generational defense. 
And I think Wilbon, Wilbon actually wrote me a note in the middle, wrote me a text in the middle of the game in which he said, it was very simple. He said, don't ever bet against Saban. Don't ever do it. <laughs> Paul, how, do you feel, how did you feel going into it, and how did you feel coming out of it? Well, let me do a, my own mea culpa here. Uh, when I was in Birmingham, Tony, I didn't care if, if Alabama, you know, if they were playing the Ravens. I, I'm picking Nick Saban because it was just <laughs> it was good business. And that continued. And by the way, uh, I, you, you, you can never go wrong. So since 2010, I have gone with Saban every single game. Guess what I did Saturday morning? Of course, I went against Saban uh, like, okay. like, the, like the masses. Because it, 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 on paper, it didn't make any sense. This, this team was so flawed. Uh, they struggled. I mean, they barely beat LSU, which is a 6-6 six and six team, and fired its coach. They, they, they had to get an onside kick. Uh, to beat Arkansas, which is a good team, not great. They, they were they were down ten nothing to Auburn, which was six and six. So how how was I supposed to believe they were going to beat this generational team? So we all fell in the trap, and there's Nick. We all fell into the trap, and they're saving, licking his chops, going, you know what? I created the guy who's coaching this generational defense, yep. and he ripped yep. me off for everything he's doing. Yep, yep. Kirby Smart, yeah, former assistant, yeah. But you went with them, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did. I said it on television, so I can't. I can't act like I didn't. Like some of our colleagues, oh, no, I didn't really mean that. I meant it. <laughs> and uh, well, well, and, then now, what was your what level of now? surprise? They they were uh, dominating, and their offense. Yeah. They got more points in like one quarter than George had given up in a quarter. Or they were just so good. How come? And and don't forget, Georgia went up ten nothing, and it looked like the narrative was going to be right. And yep, Georgia's defense simply—they didn't get a sack in the game. I mean, they've got two guys on that defense, Tony. I mean, they're, they're, the names will be heard early in the draft. Not to not to go Kuiper on you here. I mean, it's a little bit—it's a little bit yeah. early in the in the year for that. But that's how good they are. But you know, Alabama. Uh, came up with a game plan, and, and the game plan was simple. Uh, let, let Bryce Young win the game. He's, a, he's been a good quarterback all year. He's been in the Heisman, but a lot of people have said, well, he can't move, he, he can't do this. Well, he, he was brilliant. He hit, he, hit the, he, hit, he hit the good receivers. Don't misunderstand me. It's not like he's, he's throwing to you know, kids uh, playing uh, peewee football. Right, uh, and they right. made the catches, and Georgia just was broken. And, once, once, and, and they didn't have an offense to get them back in the game either. So they were, they were three and out, three and out, with a walk-on quarterback. Stetson Bennett, the fourth. No, his father uh, wasn't at Goldman Sachs as a, as a managing partner. But he should have been, and and there and there they went, and and it happens. It doesn't happen often, uh, but Kirby Smart has this uh, propensity in in a in a big game every year or two to just get blown out, and now the pressure is on him uh, as we head toward the playoffs. Do you think you you watch these teams more than anybody, more intently than anybody? I understand what happened on Saturday. Do you think Alabama is a better team than Georgia? Or did no. they just have this one win? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to say they are because they are still young. Uh, this is it, last year's team was 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 generational. Uh, it had Mac Jones a quarterback. It had Waddle and Devontae Smith and players across the board. Najee Harris. I mean, you, you remember the Heisman three yes. of the top five yes. from Alabama. Yes. Uh, this, this is a younger team, but. Uh, you know, so it's it's impossible to say on paper they're better. Uh, but you know, when we if we get to a national championship game uh, between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, you, you don't have you don't have to you know turn on ESPN to see who I'm picking. I'm, I'm I've learned my lesson, uh, Tony. Whether I'm right or wrong, I've learned my lesson. So I, I look at Bryce Young, and he's not large, and he's not particularly fast, and you don't necessarily know about his arm. And so immediately, what comes to mind is Jalen Hurts. But I thought. He virtually won the Heisman with the last drive against Auburn a week ago, and I thought he won it on Saturday. I thought he was great. I don't you? Th he's going to win the Heisman, isn't he? Even as a freshman, isn't he going to yeah, win Tony, it? Uh, yes, Tony. Let me uh, let me. We talked about ESPN programming a minute ago. Good luck on the guy who produces the Heisman Saturday night. Okay, can yeah. you imagine? I mean, it's over. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I'm about to turn in my ballot. And I'm I'm struggling to come up with the second choice. I was thinking about putting Bryce Young all three. Because uh, no, it, it won't even it won't be close, uh, and it shouldn't be close uh, because he was he was absolutely it wasn't he wasn't masterful against Auburn. He was he was masterful against Georgia, uh, yeah. and, and that that, yeah. that ended the debate.
No, I, I agree with that. By the way, for people who, who, like me, watched as much as they could watch on Saturday, the single greatest play of Saturday came out of that dog game. Oklahoma State, Baylor was a dog. Um, they fumbled. They muffed punts. They threw interceptions. It was, not a, it was a thrilling game. It wasn't a good game. But the last play of that game, when that safety ran down the running back and kept him out of the end zone, that's the greatest college football play all year. Is it, am I wrong on that? It's certainly in the top three. What do you think of no, that No, you're one, right. And, and when, you know, when, when high school coaches show videos to players in, in July, that's what they're going to show, that six inches can determine your season. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was remarkable. Uh, and, and, you know, Oklahoma State could have changed the, the, the calculus uh, had yes. they gotten yes. there. Uh, yes. they did, but by, by staying out, they didn't. And, um, and the suspense of Sunday was, was, was ended right there on the goal line. Um, you've been in your life – very hard on Jim Harbaugh. You've basically said he's a clown. I mean, I've not, not used those words, but you've said, what is the attraction here? He loses every single big game. When are they going to realize that at Michigan? Two weeks in a row, he had his team perform as well as any coach could have their team perform in those circumstances. Ohio State and then routing Iowa. Uh, do you have a, ch- a change of heart on him? Can you explain that? Is it something that pleases you, or does it, you know, does it make you uneasy that Michigan did so well in the two weeks that mattered most? I was, I was happy with it, and, and I know people may find that hard to believe, but, but Tony, you, you know this better than I do. We, we don't take this stuff personally. Uh, That's right. I gave opinions right. based on, on what I had seen. He could not win. He couldn't beat Ohio State. He, he always lost, and what he, what he did this year has been – in many ways, the story of the season, I know there are a lot of interesting subplots, but if you had told me uh, in July that Jim Harbaugh would be playing uh, in the semifinals, I would have laughed at you. I would have thought you were yeah. some crazy Michigan uh, you know, sycophant. Uh, he had a salary cut. He really was humiliated last year, and the guy didn't blink an eye. He, he's, old, he's as old school as you can find in college football. Uh, yeah, hit me, and 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 he and I, I'm, I think it's a fantastic story. And regardless of me what too. I've said, I've, I've, I've said it all. Uh, he, I am so happy to see this happen. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's very good for Michigan. It's very good for college football. Jim Harbaugh is good for whatever he's doing. Nobody thinks he's anything but a good person. The thing that. I asked Wilbon, because we were talking about this, I said, how is this possible? Because Wilbon is Mr. Big Ten. How, the way they were beaten by Michigan State, how is it possible? He says, you have to understand, Michigan State hates Michigan more than any other school by such a wide margin. Michigan State's whole season, not Ohio State, it's Michigan they want to beat. Do you agree with that, Paul, that they get up for that in the way that, that Michigan tries so hard to beat Ohio State? I do, uh, and, and, and it's, been, it's been proven out a couple of times. And in that game, Michigan had the game won, and then it, it slipped away. And I, I just think that sometimes, uh, and not to you know, wax poetic about sports, but we've seen some bizarre things happen this year in college football. And you know, while most jump on the Cincinnati story as, as, as the feel-good story, it's really Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and 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 I I I just think that what what he has withstood because I mean he has taken punch after punch I haven't seen him come back at anyone even yesterday during the interview uh, yeah he, he he was given the opportunity he you could tell he was thinking about his critics um, yeah. and he let it go. he let it go um, and I, that, that's remarkable because in today's world how many people can resist the opportunity even even Saban. Uh, on Sunday, you know, he had to let it know, had to, had to let it be known that, yeah, you know, all you guys picked against me. I mean, who wants to hear that? Yeah, I'll get you out of here on this. And, and this is the hardest question. I understand that Cincinnati deserves to be in the top four. I, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the people who wrote time and time again that this would never happen. The little guy never gets a chance and the committee is garbage, blah, 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 to at least say maybe I was wrong. But I understand they should be in the top four. But this is the hardest question. Do you believe they're one of the four best football teams in America? Absolutely not. Uh, and, and because there's just no way to measure their, here we go, quote-unquote body of work against anyone else's. And, you know, I'm in the SEC most of the time, so I think about, you know, can Cincinnati – uh, yeah, they went to Notre Dame and won, but could they follow that up? Uh, let's let's say they can they go to Florida and Texas A and M and Auburn and Alabama. That's usually what gets you. It's the attrition. 
And and they really haven't had that. I mean, I heard uh, Saban yesterday. So, you know, they uh, you know they really had a tough schedule. They went to Notre Dame and they played Indiana. Uh, Has anyone checked Indiana's record lately? I mean, terrible. I'm not yeah. sure they've won three games. So th- that's what that, that's where you get undone. Instead, they played uh, Tulane and, and Houston and SMU, and you don't get beaten up. That used to be, if you remember, Steve Spurrier used to go crazy about Bobby Bowden. Uh, he would lose that game almost every year against Florida State, and he would he would he said you know Florida State had to play two games. They played Clemson and us, so it's not that hard for them to get up. While we're playing Georgia and Auburn and LSU, and and I think and it's, that's what happens in the NFL, Tony, as you well know. And when you don't see that in college football, uh, it, it makes it much easier. So that that's my my take on Cincinnati. I, I think the coach is, is elite. I think they have a really good program, but, but Vegas didn't get this wrong. They're a 13-and-a-half-point underdog against, against Alabama. I agree completely. I'm glad they're in it. They deserve to be in it. But this is what happens to Gonzaga every year in the NCAA tournament. They play two months in a conference that does not prepare them for six hard games. And even when they get to the finals, they lose the finals. Right, Paul? That's how it works. You have to yeah. play hard, hard schedule. You have to. have to. Well, and, and that's what happened with Alabama this year. Uh, as flawed as they were, uh, yeah, they lost at A&M. And, and quite frankly, uh, I, I'm, I'm countering my own point here, but Georgia's toughest game of the year was the first game against Clemson. Uh, and they never, you know, they, they didn't see some of the tougher, tougher teams in the in the that's SEC right. this year. They, they, had, they had a very fortunate schedule, and it cost them at the end. It's a great, great for me that you would come on the show. Thank you, Paul. We'll watch you on TV all the time. Thank you, Paul. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you. Paul Feinbaum, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe ad. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. And by the way, that works whenever you read it. Yes. Because now is the time. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals. 40% off their award-winning home security. 40 people. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe, indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who help send you help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by US News and World Report. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. You can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes. You can get custom recommendations from Simply Safe. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. So take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals. Get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com/tony. S I S I M P L I. Simply Safe. I'm sure you've seen the signs in your neighborhood. Again, that's simplysafe.com/tony for 40% off your entire system. Come on, people, use the code. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Dave Smith who says, thanks again for playing my music for so many years. As you know, I've played with many artists throughout the years. Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Michael Jackson, to name a few. Moved to LA in 1972, returned in 1981 to return to teaching kids' bands. This particular piece, The New Crazy, was written during the pandemic. We recorded it several weeks ago. It was reflective in a number of ways. It's wonderful music. It's absolutely wonderful music. Um, it's a lot of guys who are playing on this tune. And he says all of these guys are either current members or retired members of our tremendous service bands. Go hear the Commodores, Airmen of Note, or Jazz Ambassadors sometime. They never disappoint, and it's all free. Your tax dollars at work. COVID-19 be damned. Michael, if people like Dave Smith want to send in their wonderful original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyKornizerShow.com. All right, so Wilbon joins us now. He missed us last week. He was traveling, and that's okay. I should tell people that Mike and I talked yesterday two or three times, and the, the things we were most passionate about, or he was most passionate about, were the Detroit game and then the Pittsburgh Baltimore game and those particular endings. <laughs> yes. And I said, and he was 20 seconds ahead of me. His system was 20 seconds. So he knew everything that would happen. And I would say something and he'd go, oh, no, oh. And I'd go, why do you do that? You just, you just ruined the whole thing. But I was saying how great it was, you know, that Detroit had a chance to win. And Michael Wilbon's words were, and I'm quoting now, the players 
should take his belongings and throw them into the street about Dan Campbell. Explain that. You're up. You're 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 leading. I think by two. Was it was it twenty three twenty one or something like that? You're leading. It's late in the game. You got fourth and one or fourth and two from like your own twenty. From your own. Instead of doing what coaches have done for the entire hundred year history <laughs> of the NFL or the hundred and thirty year history of college football. What happens with two minutes left when you have the ball, you cannot convert on third down, and you are facing fourth down from your own 20? What is the single act that has been committed for the entire history of the game? You punt, you punt the, the ball football. and you trust your defense. You punt the ball, you put your defense on the field. You're going to say, you know, fellas, this is the best chance we have to win. We're Owen. All right, we're all ten and one, whatever it is. <laughs> and when this dude went for it on fourth down, I was, as you know, Tony, I was apoplectic. Yeah, no, he said I, the it, players should take his stuff. They didn't get it. the street, <laughs> and they allowed Minnesota they to win the game. Minnesota, Minnesota's looking at the goal line. Yeah, and I just so. said, you know what? I, seriously, if I owned the team, if I owned the Lions. After the game, I would have gone down and said, look, I, I know it's been stressful for you. Uh, you haven't won a game. You got close several times. I know how much you want to do this. But just you just leave those keys right right, right on the desk. Yeah. You just leave those office keys right on the desk. And even though I shouldn't get you a game check, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you a game check. But never darken my doorway again, ever. Yeah, Dan Campbell. Nice and then he you. won. And then he won. And then they and then won, won the won. game because the Vikings coach is damn near as bad as him. Right. You hate how about the NFC too. Central? How about the, how about the <laughs> NFC Central? How about Matt Nagy, Dan Campbell, and Zimmer on the Vikings? You, I don't know that there's been a division with three worst coaches at the same time, ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So and let so me get to I, another when game. I go on one of these rants, Tony, about how bad the coaching is in the NFL, I don't want to hear any pushback from anybody. It's, let me, it's, let, let, I'm going to go to one other thing, and that okay. was another spectacular ending. And this is the difference, I think, in coaches. Baltimore scores with X amount of time to go. It's not enough time to do anything for the Steelers. And the game is going to be tied and it's going to go into overtime. And I say exactly this, as Will Bond can, can testify. I say, well, you kicked the point because you've got the best kicker in the world, Justin Tucker. Yeah. You're going to be in a position to win in overtime. The guy never misses. He's a Hall of Fame kicker. And Mike says, yeah. And then because he's 20 seconds ahead of me, he starts <laughs> screaming. And I go, what? What? And he goes, he's going for two. When right? Lamar... When Lamar came back on the field, he had a look that he does. You know how they, they, they have somebody mic'd or they always tell you you can see Harbaugh in at least a couple of games this season. Say to Lamar, one of their sound. Lamar, yeah. you want to go for this? You want to go for this? And Lamar goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. I'm going to stay on the field. Stay on the field, coach. Well, Lamar had that look when he was going back on the field. And this time, I think Lamar was either off the field or headed off. And he had that look like, did Coach just have a stroke? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah, did. Yeah, now, yeah. now and, 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 and in real time, Tony and I both said, okay, J John Harbaugh is... He's won a Super Bowl. He's won a yeah, Super Bowl. He's, he's been a great coach. He's allowed yep. to do this. And then we find out later there were extenuating circumstances. He did not want to go into overtime because both his cornerbacks were hurt. And so now you, you, you know what goes into that decision, that you don't think you can go on the field and withstand any you know, sort of pressure passing the ball from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Roethlisberger, I don't know what his numbers were. He had one of his better days in the last, like, three years throwing he the football. He did. He couldn't throw it too far down the field, but he zipped it 15 or 20 yards. Yeah, they yeah, they call a play. Little, you know. They're going to throw the ball to their Pro Bowl tight end, Andrews, who's been great. It's been great yeah. all year. 
I mean, he great. Was and he, he sort of stops. He doesn't. Yeah, he was just bad. He he yeah. he made the jet drops. He, he's he's a great player. He had a bad day. Yeah. And and including that last, I don't even care. Yes, he he sort of you know flattened the route out and he shouldn't have. But it, it just yep. he was just like, yep. oh my god. And yeah, each time because Tony, because you were behind. Twenty seconds. I, each behind. time I go, all right. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to say what happens. Ah! Oh, no. <laughs> that's what he did. That's what he did. I was, I was like, did. Each time. Seventies on an NBA time. playoff game. Yeah. Each time. It was just you couldn't, I couldn't hold it in. And then he would say, "Okay, watch it, watch it." Well, it's no point in watching. There's no, there's just no point in watching. Let me get back to something else that that we had Paul Feinbaum on before, and and I quoted you. You never bet against Saban, right? You no. just don't do it. You don't no. do it. What do you, no, What do you think, against, Saban and Belichick? What Belichick do you? Belichick bet against Belichick. Why would you do it? Yeah. And there's a notion that Kirby Smart, who's a fine fellow, and in any other context, a fine coach. I told you. I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I talked to you during that game. I, yeah, we did actually talk to you in that yes, game. Yes. And I said to you, I'm not betting against him. I don't care right. what the line is. I don't right. care what right. analytics these dopes are employing. I don't care what it looks like. Don't. And by the way, the Georgia quarterback, he's a nice kid. Don't, he's don't, not a don't pro. Don't give me the Georgia quarterback. No, no the other kid's going to win the Heisman. The other the kid's going to win the Heisman. Kid, listen, the other kid, in terms of his judgment on what to do with the football, he's like a coach. That kid is great. I know the first time I saw him in August, and they said he was going to start for Nick Saban. I'm like, that kid looks like Dennis the Miss. He's like, he, he looks like he's nine years old. He's a Southern California kid. He he's not leaving USC. With Lincoln Riley out there, he would have stayed. I would Maybe, assume. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not you don't Lincoln like Lincoln Riley, Riley as much as I do. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid yeah. on Lincoln Riley just yet. I am. I am. So, but Lincoln what Riley you, couldn't get it done this year. Do you, there's no coincidence that Saban and, and Belichick are really, really good friends. Yeah. There's no coincidence. If you people don't understand this, that the reason Mac Jones is playing for the Patriots is because <laughs> Nick Saban said to Bill Belichick, he can run your stuff. He might yeah. not run somebody else's stuff. He can run your stuff. What, what do you think makes them so good? Because I don't like them personally. I know both. I don't like them. The same thing that makes Greg Popovich so good. The same thing that makes Mayfield Jackson so good. The same thing that makes, you know, Jimmy Johnson. So, I mean, they're superior. They're talented. They know, they know the game. They know the personnel. They know your personnel. And they're tough, smart guys. And there's a lot of guys out there now occupying the head football coach's office, particularly in the NFL, who are not that. They're, they're, they're really they're smart guys. They can be coordinators. They can be fine football coaches. Matt Nagy, I'm sure he's a fine football coach. And I'm sure that Matt Nagy's a smart guy. I'm sure of it. But it doesn't mean he's going to be a terrific head football coach. And the same thing in basketball. And Levitar used to say the single dumbest thing in the history of sports writing. Well, coaching doesn't matter. Dan, I love you. You're a smart guy, and that's idiot talk. Yeah, it is. Coaching matters. Okay, because if, if people think that Matt Jones would be the same quarterback, if you flopped Matt Jones and Justin Fields right now, what do you think would happen? The same thing would happen. What do you think? If you, you think that people, do people, are people stupid enough to think that Tim Duncan would have been Tim Duncan if he was playing for, you know, some dope? No, he wouldn't be. That is, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's amazing what people don't know about sports anymore because they're not watching because they're playing fantasy and they're looking at their phones and they're giving you some stupid thing, you know, like from ESPN Sports and Information. Shut up. Watch the game. They don't. And, I, you know, it just, it, it's frustrating for me, Tony, because that means people don't have the appreciation for greatness that they ought to. They, they don't. don't. They, they really you know, they don't. Gotta you, they got to tell you that the Cleveland Browns coach, Ed Stefanski, is the next, you know, Vince Lombardi. Shut up. God, people are stupid. And and get it, at you. Go ahead. it ruins my watching of the game to some degree. You know, that, that, that you watch and you just go, really? And now they all got cards. They can't even think through a two-point versus one-point decision. They can't think it through. They got to have a card tell them. It's like GPS. 
Hey, where's the White House? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, how long you live here? 47 years? You don't know what the damn White House is? Let me put it on my phone. Dumb to people see. are now. What did you think of Turgeon? Stunner, right? Stunner. Yeah, wow, man. Stunner. Now, now, knowing what we now know, Tony, what we now know, and we, you and I would be, you know, we still would have gone to the Washington football team. We would have written those columns, and we wouldn't have written Turgeon. One of us would have written right away, just like John Feinstein did. But now that we know what we know, independently, independently, you and I talk to entirely different people as far as we know, and we understand that this was going to happen. And, and John and, and Junior are keeping up with this stuff like he always has. He, he had that take earlier than we did because he's following it and we're not. But after we got off the phone with our sources, we, we, were not, we weren't as shocked as, as we were initially. And wow. Wow, what is, I mean, Maryland, look, Maryland became, I became more interested in, interested in Maryland than I was as a reporter as a trustee of a Big Ten university. And somebody who has a sense of what is happening behind the scenes financially and all that. I mean, Maryland should never, never. have been in the Big Ten. Never. Never. Rutgers, never. never. And I said this in real time. People are like, oh, why are you hating? Because it's a stupid decision. It's, it's ruined their athletics. Decision. And so now Maryland basketball, which was completely undermined by the decision, because they don't look, people in Chicago and Detroit and Iowa City and Bloomington, Indiana, you know, in Detroit, Michigan, we don't want to see Maryland coming. We don't want to see them coming to our place. And I know they don't want to see us. Because you know what? Their daddies, the mamas and daddies with the daddies, they, they don't want their kids, the basketball kids, going to, to Maryland like they used to. Because they can't even drive and sail. They can't drive to Durham. They can't drive to Charlottesville. They can't drive to Chapel Hill. You know, between two and four hours and all that stuff. And it's, it, it, uh, that, among other things, it hurts Maryland basketball, kills it. And so I don't know that whoever comes in next is going to be able to do at Maryland what Lefty Giselle and Gary Williams did. I don't, I don't know that. I agree with that. I agree with it totally. I'll see you later. All right. I'll All right, see you Tom. on the show. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, we will take a break. We'll have email and a jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. It's officially a winter wonderland outside your winter window or inside your mind. And what do you want to do when it's chillier than a snowman's cheeks? You want to bundle up with layers and layers of comfy goodness. We've been waiting for this. Spread the cozy vibes to literally anyone in your life with MeUndies. They've got super soft gifts for everyone near and dear to your heart. I recommend the Breathe Collection. While you're at it, why not get a little something-something for yourself, too? You deserve all your comfy things. All right, so everyone knows that we've just moved, and one of the last tasks was you had to go by get the mail one last time. Right. And my last trip, I see a little recognizable package. It's oh, the MeUndies. It, it, it was the final delivery to the old house. And I said, well, I had to get this before someone else, you know, <laughs> took, yeah, yes. absconded with my underpants. <laughs> and so then Liz and I are in it's the new serious house. serious crime, absconding with underpants. <laughs> yeah. Abscond. <laughs> pull out, pull it, put out the bulletin. Uh, now they ask, are you more of a onesie person or a matching PJ set with the fam type of person? I'm becoming a matching PJ set. Maybe it's because I got the little boys who are very excited to stay in their, in their PJs all day. So in the new house, we had to put in the new order form for MeUndies. So the whole family gathered around the computer as we typed in our sizes. Get your, get your festive on with the new MeUndies holiday collection. Ooh, I'm hoping there's something like a gingerbread. Oh, yeah. Maybe something with the nutcracker. Uh, featuring classic plaids you know and love and sweater-inspired uh, prints that will quickly become favorites. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for sitting fireside with loved ones and chatting about life over a cup of hot cocoa. Get the family photo you've always dreamed of, Walker never smiles in photos anymore, with matching PJ sets, <laughs> or make every day a spa day with new plush robes and plush slippers. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. Mundy's has a little something for everyone on your list. I'm not going to share what size we ordered, but you know, I'm holding strong. <laughs> right. Mundy's has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Tony K. That's MeUndies.com slash Tony K. Good job. Thanks, Dad. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. 
That's not Rod Laver. It's Rod Lover. <laughs> Fabulous. You want to get Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagel. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tear up at a couple of these emails, by the way, like I did the other day. I'm going to. Okay. okay. Uh, Bethesda Bagels. We tear up every time we get them. Bagel sandwiches. We today. love them. We got the bagel sandwiches Michael today. Can take one home. You can go and get them too. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, well, he walked up to me and he asked me if I wanted to dance. He looked kind of nice and so I said I might take a chance. When he danced, he held me tight, and when he walked me home that night, all the stars were shining bright, and then he kissed me. That was done by the Crystals, I believe. Yes. Not the Ronettes, the Crystals, Crystals. I think. It was also covered by the Beach Boys and turned the lyric around. Then I kissed her. Yeah, and, and it's a great, great song, and anybody who's seen Goodfellas <laughs> yes. understands how great that song now, is. Now, let's go this way. Yeah, no, it's better than waiting in line. I got to, yeah, I got to go through the kitchen. I got a You I too. I got a good table. Every time, you too. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Paul Feinbaum. Thanks to today's sponsors, Framebridge, Simply Safe, and MeUndies. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. I think I alluded to this one before from Charlie Burtz in Springfield, Virginia. Don't worry, Emma Thompson always forgets the names of the rascals. He <laughs> said, and P.S., I sent you a really funny email that you skipped in 2019. Could you please find it? From Luke in Hamilton, New York. <laughs> Hamilton, New York, by the way, is where Colgate University is. Hamilton University is in Clinton, New York. That's right. Imagine my bewilderment when I started last Monday's show and you mentioned Colgate University. I know that place. I said to no one in particular. Well, I didn't quite have the brains to attend Colgate. I happen to be born and raised in the town where Colgate resides, Hamilton, New York. Now, imagine my amazement when just Mere moments later, you mentioned Colgate Seven Oaks Golf Club. Not only do I know that place, I work at that place. For the past few years, I've had the joy of being one of the grounds crew members who maintains the course. Tell Chuck Todd and his daughter to make the short drive up I-81 and visit Colgate after they visited Binghamton. P.S. On the topic of Colgate's men's basketball, Colgate head coach Matt Langle and much of his staff are alumni of Penn. Perhaps Michael knows them. Are you familiar with I'm not. But you're familiar with Seven Oaks. Oh, I am. Yeah. Seven Oaks is a great course. It's, it's Robert Trent Jones's second course he ever designed oh, I, wow. think. I think the first one is on the campus at Cornell. Cornell or maybe it's flipped maybe you know I don't know but I played them both uh, from Ted Perry news anchor and reporter at Fox 6 News in Milwaukee Wisconsin I was listening to the podcast when you played a song I hadn't heard before today the song was new to me but the voice wasn't I said to myself that's got to be Heather Maloney and indeed it was I first saw her perform at the Mile of Music Festival in Appleton, Wisconsin in 2019. I was immediately hooked. I heard Gene McManus say the first three lines made her cry. If true, tell her to play Heather's song 100 Pennies. It's a real gut puncher. I've mentioned to a few of my artist friends over the years that they should send music your way because you're a champion of undiscovered but talented musicians. Both acts, songwriter Lizzie No and the band Buffalo Gospel were played for your audience and were grateful for the shot. As a music fan, I just wanted to thank you for playing independent music. Can't tell you the number of times I've hopped on the Google machine to lose more learn more about the artists you've been kind enough to feature. It's really nice. Um, the music is great. It's phenomenal. The music Was again today. It always is. From Michael Hughes, uh, you said that when composing text, full moons are the only things that you use asterisks for. Last week, I attended a Thanksgiving dinner here in Adelaide, South Australia. I was seated next to an older gentleman named Mark who said that he was about to retire. I asked if he had any plans for retirement. He said he was actually about to sail that week from Adelaide to Cornwall, England to start a non-stop solo around the world yacht race before setting sail from the finish line in England to sail back to South Australia. If that's not enough, one condition of the race is that participants have to use technology that was available when the first person sailed solo and non-stop around the globe in 1968. So Mark spent his final week looking for audiobook cassette tapes to play as CDs were too modern to be allowed on his boat. He was an experienced solo sailor and so after asking him about the many terrifying and life-threatening circumstances that he could face, I asked what would be the best part of his odyssey. Without hesitation, he said, seeing the full moon over the ocean and using it as a measure of time, thinking about where I was the last time I saw it and where I'll be the next time that I see it. I wonder if any littles email in to exclaim, I know that race. Does this count as a David Aldridge moment? <laughs> um, from Chris Van Valkenburg in Manchester, New Hampshire. Dear Dr. Grandpa, Valkenburg? I know that place. I've been there, too. I nearly fell off my chair when you read my man Dirk's email about his planned trip to Valkenburg in Holland. I'd like to first compliment you on your pronunciation of Valkenburg. It was probably easy for you, as you've read so many of my emails on the air. Quantity 3, eat it, Tim and Andy Ziegler, my Van Valkenburg cousins. Valkenburg's a beautiful historic town in the southern part of the Netherlands. It's known for its hotels, restaurants, rolling hills, and historic castle. In 2006, the Tour de France held a stage in Valkenburg. 
The castle is in ruins, but a ton of caves were created from mining the limestone. During World War II, the caves were used to hide people, were used to hide people from the Nazis until the town was liberated. My family hasn't lived there for a while. We moved to some island in the Hudson River in 1644. <laughs> Our second family farm took up nine city blocks. It's now where the Empire State Building is located. You might have heard of that place. There, I've shared all my amusing ancestry anecdotes. On the upside, the Valkenberg namesake has been mentioned more in one day than Tim Kirkjian hears about avocados. <laughs> this show stinks. <laughs> From Tim Ziegler, who might be the yes, cousin of one of the, one of the Vulcanburg cousins. Tim Ziegler in Ann Arbor, Michigan. After you read the email you stumbled upon this past spring, I knew I had to get my email in quickly in order to one-up my cousin Chris and brother Andy. We're all littles. <laughs> Call and response. Uh, free Super G. And we are all dependents of that town in the Netherlands. Our family name is Van Valkenburg which has many other American spellings, all related to the same place and families, but it literally speaks of Falkenberg, which is where ducks, Dutch kings would have their falcons, falcons trained, or at least so we've been told. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to read my email and eat it, Brother Andy and Cousin Chris Van Falkenberg. <laughs> P.S. Genie is exactly correct. Um, in your love of the Eagles, Doc, I can't wait to hear your Get Back reviews. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, this is the one that's going to make me cry. This is from... Sean Urban uh, in University of Oregon. I'm grateful you had the idea to bring Mitch Album on. He agreed to do the show. Among many great parts, I appreciated the end where Mitch talked about losing someone you love. I appreciated this portion of the show for two reasons. First, we lost my mom unexpectedly and traumatically last year. Without boring you or spilling my guts about the nature of my struggles, it's been a struggle. She wasn't just the best person our family, including my little girls, knew. She was the best person everyone knew. Without exaggeration, it's just who she was. When Mitch reframed loss as appreciating the gift that you received, as opposed to focusing on the injustice of loss, tears streamed down my face. And as I drove through the South Hills of Eugene, I talked to my mom in a truly thankful way for the first time since January. I will return to this portion of your show again and again as a reminder to appreciate her gift and as a source of solace and hope. Second, when Mitch was finished speaking about this and how thankful he is for his life, after a short pause, you simply told him and us, you're a good friend, you're a good man. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. I felt as if you knew. <clears throat> so I'm sorry. There was nothing to add. And you stepped back and let the weight of what he said just sit. It was perfect. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Come on now. That means everybody just cool out. Will you cool out, everybody? She come easy, breezy, strutting on out of home. Got her own way of cat walking, talking talk. She ain't distracted. She can't hear you call. Gonna need a song. Gonna need a song. 
pegar uma menina no chão